Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Welcome back. Here we are. This is episode 32 of the Cornwall Property Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm James. And we are here to inform, educate, inspire you guys to get involved with property with a particular focus on the Cornwall property market. We know there's big issues in Cornwall with the housing crisis and we want to help uh, do a little bit to, to tackle that and bring some more properties to the market and get you guys involved with property investing. So that is why we are here. Absolutely. And being involved with us, this is the bit where you get involved with us and give mm. us your lovely questions uh, that hopefully Dan and I can give some value to. And how do we do this? You can go to the CornwallPropertyPodcast.com, scroll down to the very bottom of the page there. You can send your questions in to us that way. You can reach us via email, which is hello at CornwallPropertyPodcast.com. Or you can also reach us on our social media platforms such as Facebook, where many of you do. But without further ado, we will start with our first question, which is from lovely Tom. Here we go. Hey, guys. Hope you're both well. We certainly are. Loving your content. Please keep it coming. Thank you for that, Tom. I've been chatting to my stepdad and he thinks the property market will go down or even crash at some point. He's advised me not to buy a residential property right now, but I'm still thinking I should because I prefer to pay a higher price to buy and pay a mortgage rather than rent. What I'm debating is doing up one of my buy-to-let properties and selling it, then sitting on the cash for the future until the market goes down and I can buy a cheaper property. I'm weighing up the pros and cons in my head of either having regular money coming in from the buy-to-let as a holiday let or selling when the market is high. We're just wondering what your thoughts are on the matter. Good question, Tom. Um, a very interesting question. So, personally, don't sell unless you have to. That's kind of my motto. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of selling assets if I can help it, but if you need the money, then do. But your dad's right. There is going to be a crash. But I don't believe your dad's right in telling you to sit and wait for the crash because no one knows when this crash is going to happen. You could be sat there waiting for a crash for years where well, during that time, and when the crash happens, you're only going to, it might be a 10% crash, a 15% crash. But if you kept the property now and over the next two years, it goes up by 6% a year perhaps, which is low considering what's been happening recently, you get two, two years of consistent 6% growth or maybe you get another 10% growth. Or if you get growth for the next two years, Say worst case, it was like I'll say it was like five percent growth for the next two years. You've got ten percent growth. Then we hit a crash. Crashes between ten percent, fifteen percent, maybe. Well, it's not going to hit you that hard, is it? Because you've you've already built up those. So the 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 one comment I always love and I always go back to is the best time to buy or to invest in property was yesterday. The best time to invite, or unless you're in 2008 and you're at the peak of the crash. But the idea is you don't don't sit around and wait. You cannot time this crash, Tom and that if you've got, by the sounds of it, you've got one buy-to-let property, you're looking to buy your residential property. This residential property then is not going to be something you're going to buy and sell after a year, two years. So that shouldn't really be affected too much by this crash because if you're aiming to buy now and hold for the long term, then you're not going to lose. We drum this, bang this drum so lot, so much in property. You need to look at property as a long-term game, as a, as a safer kind of investment vehicle. Absolutely. If you're looking for a quick fix in this sort of market, you know, it's, it's far too risky. We, that's why we don't flip and sell and things like that because it's too risky, I feel. You just can't always time the market. But where we're at, yeah, there is going to be a crash. There always is. 18-year property cycle. We've been going over that for 
for ever since we started the podcast now, there is a repeat pattern to the property market. It's been going on for decades. So look that up. Try and look at the cycle. We predicted that um, and it was it was shared that we reckon the crashes, if it's going to happen, it's going to be looking around 2026 to 2029 um, with the way the market's going. There'll be some dips, there'll be some plateaus, but the big recession-y cycle crashes, that's when it's predicted to happen if you're looking at the market data over history. But um, personally, Tom, your question, do you think I should sell my, my buy-to-let? Not if you don't have to. Do not sell it if you do not have to. Um, and if you're only selling it because you think there's going to be a crash, well, I suppose the question comes, well, how long have you held this buy-to-let property? Because mm-hmm. if you bought it recently and there's a crash, okay, I can imagine you've got a little bit of a hit there because you bought it for, say it was an easy number of 100 grand and you have a little crash and it's only worth 90,000, then yeah, appreciate it's going to be a hit. But if you bought this property two, three, four years ago, then you've got a nice bit of okay, equity you would have built up in this property. So even if there was a little crash, you wouldn't lose from the purchase price. So my my idea, I, I would advise you is to, so you've said here, holiday let it. If you want to holiday let it, that's your that's your decision. Fine, no worries. Buy to let it as a, with the family. I put I would personally chuck a family in there, get them in there safe, happy, paying the mortgage as long as you're making two three hundred pound a month, which is the general kind of numbers you can expect from a buy to let. Then brilliant. It's in, it's washing its face. It's making you a little bit of in- income, and over the time you're going to hold the buy to let. You're going to be making equity as well. It's going to be going up in value. Um, Buying your residential property, yeah. If you if you want your residential property now and the right ones there, fantastic. Get in there, buy it. Don't be Great. afraid. If you're going to be holding that property for the long term, buy it now, um, and don't be afraid. But I do understand your your, your step yeah your stepdad's. But he, he cares. They love you. They don't want you to to lose money. They don't want you to to um to to do something wrong. Really, that's basically it. And he's just worried by it. And I completely get that. And then, uh, I suppose I look at it. My my family were right exactly the same as. Property investors ourselves, we like to think we know the market a little bit better. And we have a little bit more confidence in what we're doing um, and the way things are going. Hence, why well, we look at look at the data, look at the news, keep on keep our fingers on the pulse because it's so so important. But if I had followed my my parents' advice, my mother's advice, for example, bless her, she's quite risk adverse um, and she is not so familiar with property as such with investing side. She would have never like wanted me to leave my day job and go into property or to buy property and. Uh, and to risk my own home and so uh, because it's, it's it's risky they care they love you they don't want things to happen so i completely appreciate why your dad's your stepdad's saying it um, and fearful of you but again you just need to look at the pros and cons get your buy to let cash flowing you as long as you don't need to sell it anytime soon you should be absolutely fine get yourself a residential as long as you're not planning to sell it in the next couple of years you're trying to sit there hold it i don't think you should fear so much what are your thoughts I think it's a really good answer there, Dan, as always. And uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, Tom, especially when family are in, involved. You know, you do have that emotional attachment and I can, you know, certainly identify with what Dan said with, with my family. They've probably thought I've been a bit kind of gung-ho with stuff that I've done, but I have no regrets on that. They've, you know, served me very, very well. And uh, you just can't get involved with family because they love you. They care, as Dan says, and they're going to always, you know, they want what they think. That's the key few words of what they think is best for you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that is what is best for Tom. And again, as Dan says, I, I would not sell that property, you know, unless you absolutely have to. And um, something that hasn't been mentioned just yet, and it's quite an important one, you've been, you know, discussing about the money that you're going to lose out um, that if, if, if you wait and, and the market's going to drop. Okay, well, let's say if you sell it now, there's a little something you're going to have to pay there, isn't it? Which is 
capital gains tax. You've sold something, so you're going to have to pay. I don't know how long you've owned that property there for, Tom, but let's just say, you know, you've um, you've made a hundred hundred grand on that property in in ten years. Say so you've had it for a long time, you're still going to have to pay, you know, quite a bit of uh, capital gains tax there, aren't you? And if you work out what you're going to lose through capital gains tax, obviously we're not accountants, we're not financial advisors, but find out from your accountant exactly how much you're going to have to pay. You might find that would be much more than the downturn of the market if if Very you true. didn't sell. So think about that. But um, well done you for bringing it to somewhere like, you know, uh, a property podcast. Just happens to be the Cornwall Property Podcast, a really exciting one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get get um, two experienced property developers' opinion on it and ask other property developers as well. But rule of thumb here, don't go asking your family because they'll probably just tell you what you don't want to hear um, and they only care for you and they're going to be risk averse because they want what's best for you and don't spend your money. Um, get as much back as you can, but that isn't always what's right. So Definitely. well done, Tom. Hope that helps, Tom. And um, please, yeah, let us know what you do do. I'm sure other listeners will be interested to hear. So last question then today is from Peter from Slithians. And Peter has said, I'm hoping to take a derelict cottage in Porth Levin where I live and bring it back to the Cornish locals. I'm allowing six months for the project, but I'm going to be refinancing afterwards. Some tell me that this is achieved in two weeks. Is it possible and is it wise to have to say maybe seven months instead for the whole project where I have to refinance the money back out at the end? So, hmm, interesting one. Very topical for us as well. Yes, very much so, uh, Peter. And uh, yeah, a good question. Um, Not all developers kind of know um, the way the refinance works because they might have not been through it. But I can certainly vouch for Dan and I. Uh, We've recently done some refinancing and uh, on a big development that we've uh, been working on for the past year. And the refinance... uh, What's the politest way to put it down? It's not been a, a smooth transition, has it? It's been no. very, very turbulent and huge delays. Mm-hmm. You can be a really good de- uh, property developer where you've got a good build team. They're working really, really well. Uh, but right at the end where you are coming to refinance, you've got professionals coming in, solicitors, whoever it might be. You are at the mercy of them. And I can only talk about our experience, but generally as a rule of thumb, I would probably say that, you know, if you've got a good lender and it is just a refinance on the property, so you finish, it's just the case of evaluation, you've got a good solicitor uh, behind you, it should probably take you about a month. It, it is, is a good rule of thumb. Let's just say for Dan and I, it's taken us about two and a half months to fully get this refinance, to actually get the money in the bank. From valuation to cash in the bank. Exactly, from valuation. And that that is a long period of time. And, you know, we allowed sort of like a whole a whole year for the development, really. And that was with the refinance. But it's taken us over by two and a half months. So not only have we had to, you know, pay interest on that, we were actually also buying, um, you know, another property as well. So it, we had to kind of delay that transition and we were at risk of losing it. So I definitely would kind of scrap two weeks off the mark and to play it safe and be contingent, I would say allow a minimum of two months for a refinance. That is from the point the valuer comes in to value the property to the point where the actual money from the refinance lands in your bank. So, so in this case, if you think your project is going to be six months for the development, 
I would definitely allow all in all a minimum of eight months, you know, just, you know, where your money is going to be at that time, because you, like I say, you're at the mercy of the lenders. And uh, depending what position you're in, uh, in our experience, if you've got, uh, you know, loads of track record behind you, you've got a big portfolio, then you can cherry pick the lenders you want to. Uh, Like us, you know, we've got a good broker. um, But one thing that we've learned is that ask the broker, you know, what are the turnaround times of your other refinances you've got with other clients? Because, hey, we really need to get this over the line very very quickly you know who should we choose and it might mean that you have to spend a little bit more on the interest rate but in how much it's going to cost you in interest if you're borrowing from investors etc it completely outweighs the stress and everything else the aggro that goes with it so ask your broker if you haven't got a broker i'd highly recommend getting one because uh, they can guide you through because they've got the experience with the lenders that they're dealing with at that point in time because you might find one le- um, lender is really really quick at the moment but next year they might be just stacked with loads of refinances and they're just very very slow uh, so take that into consideration but in answer to your question i would definitely allow two months of the refinance there yeah, uh, I'd, I'd agree with that, and, and mainly because I'd always go worst case. What's the worst case that can happen? Because if you always plan to worst case, Peter, you can't be disappointed when it doesn't come off. Because uh, if that was, oh, this has only taken four weeks, fantastic. That's a month of interest I haven't got to worry about, and happy days. Yeah. So, and again, the build might go over slightly. So, if you think it's going to be a six month build, Maybe you budget for a seven-month build and then you budget for an additional two months. Maybe you have to just schedule in nine months just to cover your backside and be safe. But um, that's the way I'd look at it for sure. Absolutely. There's nothing worse having a property that is looking beautiful, really high standard, and it's empty. uh, And you haven't managed to get tenants in before the refinances. Yeah, just allow plenty of time. And a good way to do that is probably start booking in the valuation, you know, when you're a couple of weeks kind of from finishing because it makes accountability to yourself to get that over the line and then you can uh, not waste any time just get it refinanced so yeah thank you for that definitely well guys i hope that's helped tom peter thank you ever so much for getting in touch and let us know how it goes with your with your projects and your 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 purchasing of your residential tom and yeah if you want to get in touch you can do exactly as these guys have done and james will share how he do that absolutely on the great world wide web you can go to cornwallpropertypodcast.com scroll down to the bottom of the front page there and you can send a message into us that way you can easily get in touch with us on email hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com and like many of you do go onto our social media platforms such as facebook and simply reach out drop us a message and we will always get back to you and we love hearing from you it's what makes the show possible so thank you thank you ever so much so we have got some exciting uh, different podcasts planned for you over the coming months Uh, we are trying to connect with a few local property professionals we've got some agents coming in some brokers some uh, consultants in terms of uh, different professions or different areas of property if there's anyone in particular you would like to uh, to hear from or get their but not necessarily questions for james and i but you maybe have a certain area you want to know about surveying or planning or anything like that please do let us know and we will connect you and we'll see if we can get some people on there um or if if you'd like to come on the podcast because you're a property professional in cornwall please do let us know and we are happy to just try and connect locals investors property enthusiasts with local property professionals because look we want to help as much as we possibly can so we have got a couple of very exciting guests that we are looking forward to bringing on the podcast won't give away too much now but uh, yeah hopefully over the next few podcast episodes you will have some additional bonuses from not just only james and i but uh, some of our guests that we have planned in so yeah something to look forward to but can't wait for that it's gonna be really exciting yeah it's gonna be wicked so, and get a break from dan and james yes we won't have to pull the socks of you any longer so um guys again thank you ever so much for listening that is a goodbye from me goodbye from me 
see you next time